Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, well, we're going to talk about the Chinese. We're going to talk about the Chinese prepping. We're going to talk about Taiwan. We're going to talk about prepping, right? I mean, that's what it all comes down to, to be honest. Um, A a lot of the Chinese people had a big wake-up call when COVID kind of hit. Now, now, remember, they had SARS and all that before, and they kind of experienced it one time. But I think a lot of people were caught off guard the first time with SARS that it really had them being cautious and, you know, re- ready to take action once COVID started becoming a thing. Um, they were afraid and, and prepared for what lockdowns and what things might come. And obviously here in the States, um, you know, COVID had a big effect on us. And as far as one, the supply chain, but two, what, you know, people's mindset of preparing and how much they go out and that kind of thing. I think people's lifestyles really changed a lot. And that was a big thing in China. So, Let's first talk about what the Chinese are doing. Now, there was an article and it was picked up and, and I saw it in actually quite a few places um, about Chinese starting to prep. And, and it really kind of came about when COVID, you know, started breaking out and, you know, whatever. I guess the media takes a little while to come out of China. Kevin, uh, what were you saying on it? Yeah, well, recently uh, the country's Ministry of Commerce Uh, issued a notice directing local governments to encourage people to stockpile daily necessities uh, like vegetables, oil, and poultry in order to meet the needs of daily life and emergencies. Now, that might not seem like a big deal, but when, when the Chinese government says something like that, it implies that there's a reason, reason to, you know, to do that. So they don't just talk out of their ass like our government. No, no, actually, they they don't. They don't. And I think a lot of people, like you said, had a wake-up call out there uh, with all the lo- the lockdowns and stuff they had. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't that long ago. I think it was February 28th to August 7th, there was uh, the lockdown in, Cha- uh, in Shanghai. Do you remember hearing stories about that? So there was a COVID outbreak, and uh, they basically uh, they basically just – locked everybody in their apartment buildings and barred the doors and anybody that got out they just you know uh had like you know uh hundreds of guys in hazmat suits that just just uh stomped the shit out of everybody that that left their house and you know that's that's fine i guess if you're in china and you get locked in your house that that shit happens every once in a while but when you have no preparation for it you're not ready for it you have no food you know, people right. people were literally starving to death in their apartments uh, because there was no no access. You know, nothing to, nothing right. to do. Uh, as soon as they opened up from the lockdown, they said all the the grocery stores were mobbed and were empty within a few hours. It was because Crazy. you know because people literally had nothing to eat for you know for I think February, March, April for for almost three months. You know. They're living off the scraps they had left over in their pantry, you know, and everybody's thinking any day they're going to open up, 
but they just never did, you know? And, uh, you know, I, that sort of thing is enough to, uh, to scare the average person uh, into, into being a little bit more prepared for the next time. And I, that's, that's been a big push in China, uh, not necessarily through the government, though the government has been mentioning to do that, but more of a, a grassroots type of, uh, type of thing. Right. Now, it was very typical of the, the Chinese culture. Now, uh, America is getting more this way, but in America, people, I used to think, I mean, I think it's really changing, but people used to buy a week's worth of groceries and they pretty much go once a week and go right. grocery shopping. China, it's kind of you buy for that day and they are eating fresh, which is, you know, kind of healthier and cool and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. But a lot of Americans, honestly, they're kind of getting in a lifestyle, a very large percentage. Now, you're, you're not going to see this out in the rural and the country areas, but are kind of going out to eat for almost like like four or five days a week. They're right. going grocery shopping kind of for the day. It's like I, I think we have some more staples on hand in the traditional American household, mm-hmm. but... I think people are kind of like they get each meal. They get whether it's going out to restaurants or DoorDash or any of this other crap. People are kind of eating on the go and and doing it on the fly. People don't. I mean, if you buy, I know when I go to the grocery store, I'm like the only one there that's buying like two weeks worth of food. Right. And and I go kind of once every two weeks because it's forty five minutes to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I just don't want to waste that much time. You know, right. it's it, it's not near where I work. When I work, I come out of work at, at 1030 at night. And believe it or not, where I live, Walmart closes at 11. I didn't even know Walmarts did close till I moved here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean you're closed? It, it doesn't make any sense. This is Walmart, you know, but it depends where you live. Now, all you people who live in the, the more rural areas are like, yeah, you're an idiot. Of course they close. But when you live in city type areas, you know, it never sleeps, right? Walmart's a machine. It's always going. 24 hours. But now, again, I actually because you guys probably have picked up on this listening to this podcast over time, I'm cheap as, as cheap can be. And so I go to the poor people grocery store and maybe it's cause I shop at the poor people grocery store that everybody buys meal to meal. But I, I don't know. That's definitely the case there. Um, people always look at me like I'm crazy when I have a full shopping cart. They're like, Oh my yeah. God, what's this guy? Yeah, no, I know a lot of the, the people that, listen to our podcast do like um you know big trips to costco or whatever the the bulk store is you know and they're by multiple uh you know by by bulk of everything and um but i also you see a lot of people when they think about you know prepping you know two weeks worth of food they think about you know yeah but i also go out to eat four or five times a week so that's two weeks worth of food they don't realize that two weeks worth of food you know, is a lot more than what they're getting if they're not, you know, if they're not buying out every single night, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, I think, I think since the pandemic, that's been a much bigger thing. The, uh, you know, ordering daily food, you know, the DoorDash, the pizza, the, whatever it is. And 
less and less people are are having long term long term food storage just as a you know maybe 10 years ago you could have walked into almost anybody's house and found 2 weeks worth of food just sitting there but that's not necessarily the case anymore and i think maybe since the pandemic people are a little bit more prepared but not necessarily in the sense that they understand what it is to make every single meal for two weeks straight without, you know, without a run to the grocery store, without ordering, uh, ordering out without something like that. So, you know, it is one of those things that, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that in China and that's kind of the case there is that they're doing daily market runs for the meal that day. And there isn't a lot of, uh, a lot of people that have large amounts of storage, uh, food storage. Right. Now, the articles that I read kind of were like, oh, well, you don't want to be a hoarder and, you know, this kind of stuff. And they were trying to, you know, actually push it down. But like you said, the government issued a statement and basically what what did it have? It had the ingredients to make General So chicken. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I mean, I don't know what else you'd want in life. Yeah, and prices, um, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but prices on produce in China are, right now are going through the roof. Um, I don't know why that is. I wasn't able to, like, track down a cause and effect. I wasn't able to track down, like, why that's the case. But vegetable prices are are really high right now. Um, you know, and it, it, it sucks to have to live on uh, rice. You know what I mean? But yeah. a little bit of vegetables and a little bit of you know, chicken or something goes really, uh, that can really stretch that rice out. How could a billion Chinese people be wrong, right? That's what my wife always says to me when Mm -hmm. she wants to make rice. And I'm like, I'm not eating (laughs) that shit. I mean, sure. Anything's good if you put hot sauce in it. That's true. But isn't it better if it's chicken and you're putting hot sauce in it than a bowl full of rice? Yeah. I mean, you can have like, a little rice dancing around the edges, but you know, really let's, let's get, you know, they say the meat within the nut. There's a reason that the meat is the actual content. Right. That's, you know, but Hey, to each their own, but that's, that's the thing is in China, you know, that's kind of a new style and a new way of doing things. And for the government to be saying it, it's a little weird. It's funny. Ready.gov here in the States is like always pushing that kind of thing of, yeah, you should have two weeks, you know, food supply, you should have, you know, water stored, you should have all this stuff. And then the Department of Homeland Security is always like, if anybody's stocking two weeks worth of food, they're a crazy prepper, and they should be on a watch list. And I'm like, right, because we go to ready.gov, and we do what it says, that doesn't make any right, sense. Right, exactly. But that's kind of, you know, the mindset, you know, it's weird. Now, some people would take it as China is maybe preparing for a war with Taiwan. Now, what's your take on that? Well, I mean, there's a lot going on there. I mean, let's let's be clear. They've been threatening to go to war with Taiwan for 50 years and it hasn't happened yet. So, I mean, let's let's start with that. That basic assumption. Um, All right. Pelosi so on went Tuesday there. when they invade, you're going to look a little awkward, though. Yeah, look a little dumb, right? Yeah. All right. But there are, have been signs, though, that things are ramping up a little bit. 
Um, so they did okay. do the uh, the um, war games, and basically it was all around Taiwan. You know what I mean? They basically surrounded the country and and you know did live fire exercises and and that sort of shit. But at the same time, uh, you know. A lot of people blamed that on Nancy Pelosi going over there to visit, but th- that those war games were planned well, well before that. And I know that um, that they did put out a statement on one of their one of their sites, um, saying you know welcoming uh, Nancy Pelosi to their to Taiwan and all this sort of stuff. But then it turned out that that was anonymous that that posted the. Uh, posted all those things on the Chinese websites. They weren't very happy about that, I guess. Turns out they they don't support uh, Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan and recognizing Taiwan as a, as a, as a country. Now, I would have thought in uh, official uh, Chinese doctrine that if somebody hacks your shit and puts out statements like that, you just be like, yeah, that was us. We, we did mm-hmm. that. We were just testing. We were trying to root out the evil people here and, you know, don't worry yeah. about it. Well, they did have a you know, have a, a link to a uh, uh, famous Malaysian rapper's song about China. Uh, what, what was it called? It was called um, It Might Break Your Pinky Heart. And it was just talking about how China is a fucking offended by everything and everyone all the time. So, you know, whatever. Cry, cry all you want, to... but it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like you're you're doing anything about it. So maybe, no, would... right? you know. Maybe would that shut be a up reference? There you go. Would that be a reference to China being Kami Pankos? Kami Pankos, right. exactly. All right. Now, I've actually heard another take on why people might be thinking that, you know, China might be having their citizens prepare. Mm-hmm. And, and here's right. what, what I would have for you. Let me, let me postulate and, and throw this one at you. But the Chinese economy is kind of teetering on the edge you know they like to it's kind of one of those things and that might actually be what triggers a a taiwanese invasion um i mean i wonder if even that's why russia you know invaded ukraine it's just right on the edge of we kind of need some more resources and we need some shit here and if we don't get something but what happens i think and what i think is happening in russia is you actually wait too long to take action. Um, I don't want to give the Chinese any ideas, but so what's happening in China, and, and the reason I say that they're a little suspect is that the Chinese economy is like right on the edge. Um, so the Chinese economy is basically the second largest economy in the world. It's like 12.3 trillion. I think the US is 19.5 trillion a year. So mm-hmm. we both have very large economies. The thing is, though, the Chinese economy is 30% of their GDP. So that's a lot of, you know, a, a big percentage is, is based on real estate. Sorry, that, that's what I meant to say. 30% of their GDP mm-hmm. is real estate. And right. so what's happening is that they, um, they basically – there people who have a desperate home ownership is like super important to the Chinese people. Um, in the U S it's like 60%, 68% of 
of people live in a house that someone in the house owns, okay, mm-hmm. in the U.S. In China, it's 90%. That, that's a big difference, you know, as opposed to renting. Right. Um, I, I would have thought, actually, the figures, I wonder if they've changed that in the U.S. I feel like we're switching to renting a lot more than, than home ownership. Um, in China, it's a big pride thing. Um, I, I know it's kind of an American pride thing. People like to own their home. I, I, you know, have kind of bought into that of, you know, you should own your house and whatever. I, I don't even know how much of it's a psychological culture thing or, you know, maybe it's not even that, that important of a thing. But to me, if you're going to build a legacy and have something to pass on, that kind of, you know, something real, something you feel like people can't take away now, we all know that the tax man, they can always come take your shit. Plus, right. governments don't even need a reason to come take your shit. They just do it. So, yeah. you know, whatever. It's called an eminent domain, but, you know, whatever. Right. But but we'll go on. I You know, so anyway, bottom line, everybody wants a house in China. There's not enough houses. So they're building stuff like crazy. But what they're doing is they're taking the money, saying, hey, you know, give us, get a loan for, you know, however much you want for a house. And it's big numbers. It's like a million dollars or whatever. And we'll start building it. And as soon as it's done, you know, cause you got to put up the money now cause there's that much demand. Otherwise somebody right. else is going to get it. So, all right. So they put up the money and then they never do anything or they wait three or four months. They start something and then they just use the money to go start something else and raise more capital. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a big Ponzi scheme, if you will. Right. As long as now, everybody keeps investing. Right. Now, remember, know. Facebook said, hey, that's disinformation when we posted videos about people protesting outside banks. Mm-hmm. And they were like, that's not happening. That's not real. You guys don't know what you're talking about. Well, it turned out maybe it was real. Maybe that video was something else like that's the only video they could get out of of stuff but Uh what's happening is people are protesting at banks and they are calling police and tanks to come stop the riots and the protests well the reason this is happening is because the banks are like the lenders and people are like hey i want my money back because you're not building my house Uh And so that's what's going on and and they're freaking out about it. And they're like, Hey, we're realizing there isn't anything there. I want my money. Now it becomes an even bigger problem when you realize in the U S you get a loan, basically it's like 4.7 to X. So the ratio is if you make like 50 grand a year, basically you can get a loan for a house of like $235,000. Now, obviously, if you have a big car loan that's 50000 you might be able to get 50000 less. You get the idea. So anyway, um, in China, it's like 50x. So mm-hmm. that means if you make fifty grand, you are getting like $2.5 million for a house. Because mm-hmm. people are like, hey, you know, I, I need my house because I could be there all the time. They're not even letting me leave my house. I may as well put all my money in my house. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what they're doing. So when you're that leveraged that you owe two and a half million dollars, which realistically you can never pay back, you mm-hmm. know, because they're like, well, it's an investment. But then they default on it and it's a big scheme. 
then there's real problems. Then let me take it up a notch and tell you that these companies are never getting audited because they're owned by the government. Mm -hmm. So the government's like, oh, confidentiality. You know, we have government secrets. If you audit us, who knows what you could figure out? Right. You know, and what you'd figure out is it's a big Ponzi scheme and it's all about to crumble. So China is on the verge right. of economic disaster, which actually I would say could have some effects on us because when they are that large of an economy, then it turns out they stop spending money. We stop. They also stop exporting stuff. Everything falls apart. I don't know if you've been to Walmart, but some of the products there are actually made in China. Yeah, there's a couple of things in Walmart that that I, are made I've in China. I've, I've heard like, about this. You know, one or two, right? So that's a big deal if that shit isn't getting to us. But it's also a big deal if China isn't buying our stuff. Um, they are spending money and they are growing, and it all ripples around the world. So this is a big thing that could happen. Now, again, I I always hate to jump all in on these conspiracy theories because I got to say a lot of things are <clears throat> never, never seem to pan out the way I think. Like I thought, oh, we have Obama, whatever. We have $17 trillion in debt. There is no way we can sustain this. It's all going to fall apart. Now we have $30 trillion in debt. And it still hasn't fallen apart. So I don't know what the fuck's going on. To me, it seems like things might be getting out of hand. But, you know, who knows, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, maybe it's not as bad as, you know. To me, it has to fall apart. To me, there's no way things can keep going with just fantasy money that's not based in anything. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can live your whole life on credit cards. And it doesn't matter. Maybe you should be maxed to the hilt and I'm an idiot paying off my shit. Yeah. Because I'm like the only one, I think. I don't yeah. know. I don't You're, know what's I mean, happening. I, I had a uh, friend of mine that was uh, he's, was dealing with uh, um, dealing with some, some uh, financial issues with a guy that was getting divorced. And his wife was leaving him. You know, he had a big mansion, uh, nice cars, you know, all sorts of stuff. But when they started going through the finances, it turned out that the guy really had about zero. If you balanced what he had in, in products and what he had in, in debt, he, uh, he didn't have any, maybe I'm just an idiot. You know what I mean? Like, why right, am I, right. why am I living like a poor person when I could just be borrowing tons of money and, <sighs> and, you know, living in a nice house and still be, still be poor. But I at least I got a nice car. Right. Right. My buddy, uh, George, died a couple years back george the plumber and uh he uh somebody i think texting and driving took him out i was out on his harley with his girlfriend and whatever but this guy freaking you know had a harley had a sports bike had a big tough truck had you know the fancy new mustang had it all supercharged all that had nice big house out in the country had everything going on, had his own business, fucked off every day, had two or three jet skis so he could be out on the water, took the day off to go, you know, oh, it's a sunny day, I, I'm going to skip all my customers and and go out and whatever. 
And dude, every day I'm like, oh, dude, this is going to bite you in the ass. You know, you can't live like that. That's, you know, and mm -hmm. I mean, dude, he, he had to, like I said, he had to hide his cars and stuff in the garage and make sure everything was locked because he was afraid of the repo man all the time and whatever. Uh. But he died, and it turns out, you know, whatever. There you go. And this guy, the gun collection, he had a freaking Barrett 50 that was $8,000. Mm -hmm. He had a $5,000 scope on there. He had all kinds of freaking... He had, uh, in New York, I think, your concealed carry card. You actually have to list every uh, handgun that you have on there, and it'll have the serial number and whatever. And the card comes with like eight eight slots or whatever. He had 16 cards Jeez. of of his handguns. Wow. And what's funny is there's actually a law in New York that you can't have more than like 16 guns. And I'm like, but you have cards with eight times that. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. They just keep giving them to me. So whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, cool. And because apparently nobody gives a shit. I, I don't really understand. So maybe me being paranoid and uptight. It's funny as I get older, I get a lot more lax and, and I care a lot less about things. But I can't help but notice that, you know, some other people just kind of do it any way they want to do and shit works out. So maybe I'm the dummy, you know, mm -hmm. that may be maybe. Maybe having shit squared away and, and paying off your stuff is a mistake. I, I don't really know. But either way, I'm happy doing my thing. But everyone's like, well, that's not what other people are doing. You know, everybody else goes to the doctor for every damn thing and gets, you know, $10,000 in bills from the doctor and everybody else fucking all this other shit. I, I don't understand how that world works. You know, everybody mm -hmm. else goes out to dinner six times a week or whatever. I'm like, I can't afford right. that. And I know they don't make more than I do. I don't know how they afford right. it, but I guess if you just keep using your credit card, it's all right. It's like, fuck it, right? Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, um, it is one of those things, though, when, when, when everybody starts getting pissed off about, about their life, every, when everybody's pissed off about, um, the way that the, they're being treated by the government. A great way to get people back together and get people patriotic is to start a war, right? I mean, we've seen it in the United States before. Um, so it might be that China is actually ramping up for something, uh, something a little bit more serious. Um, now, there was – let me just pull this up. There was a, a, a interesting thing that I, I saw It's not necessarily – um, common knowledge, but this is a, a memo that they sent out in the Chinese government. It's been translated to English and they have a list of things, lessons they learned, uh, from Russia invading Ukraine to apply to, uh, invasion of Taiwan. So there's a, uh, there's about seven steps here, seven points here. Uh, first one is communication must be under control. When Russian troops are advancing, they care so much about the innocent Ukrainians who may be killed or injured that they they're not cut off they that they've not cut off all possible access to out to the outside world um the second one is a uh, high level high level leaders like miss tai that's the president of taiwan uh must be killed or captured at first officials 
responsible for daily management, economy, and transportation must be killed, captured um, to defeat uh, to defeat, or they will resist. Um, precision guided weapons must be used widely instead of advanced fighter jets to drop bombs like the Russians. It's surprising that the SU-34 fighter jets uh, drop bombs in the Russians, uh, like the Russians. It's surprised that the SU-34 dropped aerial bombs to attack the ground and then were shot down by shoulder-launched mis- missiles. Number four is uh, foreign aid must be cut off to the maximum extent. It would be better to simply be ruthless and stop all weapons delivered by en- enemy countries. Five, once the war starts, do not have any regard. Frankly speaking, war means people dying. We can't give the enemy any chance to survive. Cutting off water supply, electricity supply, and their internet are not fascism, but necessary means to win. Six, war is the highest situation in the struggle between two entities. Anyone on the other side could be part of the war machine of the enemy. For example, before the war began in Japan and the Qing dynasty, Japanese children were playing game of sinking Qing's battleships. Since most of the Taiwanese have served in the military, once given weapons, they are part of the war machine. Seven, air supremacy is the most important. Suppression of enemy air defense must be in place. So they're they're run, they've got a rundown of mistakes that Russia made that they're, you know, planning on on doing it. And what I, you know, frankly, what what's terrifying about that is they're openly saying we're just going to kill everybody. You know, every citizen of Taiwan is is a threat, you know, and all the leadership must be killed or captured immediately. So basically, they're talking about killing the head, the you know, cutting off the head of the entire Taiwanese government as the first first phase of the war, which is, uh, you know, it's pretty fucked up, honestly. Yeah, no, it really is. But that's that's one of the things I never understand. Like I always in my mind, Israel is is the big example where it's funny because I feel like they took one of the biggest pieces of waste crap land in the middle east when they made israel Mm -hmm. and they were like look here's you know this completely useless horrible land and we'll give it to the jewish people and and just call it good Mm -hmm. then the jewish people really built it into something that's amazing um i would hint at the idea that nuclear power may have had a hand in part of their success Um, Mm -hmm. They do have, you know, unlimited energy there that is not available in in the rest of it. But if you look at how green and beautiful Israel is compared to the surrounding land, they've really cultivated it and turned it into something amazing. And they found a way to make it work and yield. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's happening with Taiwan is I would hint at capitalism had a hand in it. But we, we can pretend that it, it wasn't capitalism. We can say that, you know, it they just somehow found the magic of technology, whatever right. it is, right? You know, the magic technology fairy blessed them. But my point is, and, and why I bring up Israel is, if you went and got rid of the people that are there, it turns out it's going to go back to shit. And they'll just mm-hmm. ruin it into nothing and it won't matter. Because the people are what end up creating and making it such an awesome 
infrastructure. When you go and bring your shady government and you put that same kind of oppression there, it's just going to be like more China. Right. You're not going to have something. You have to find a way to leave it like unbridled. Now, even though I just said that whole speech, I am always baffled at, Look at all the fucking amazing technology that came out of Germany after World War II. They had that strict oppression and whatever. And all those sciences. I mean, our entire space program came out of the Nazi kind of space program, you know? Yeah. Operation I mean, Paperclip, Einstein, right? All this, all this shit. Like, it, but it, it does seem, if you go and destroy what's there and what's working which i hate to say it it's the people in taiwan that's that's what's happening you know that's where you have that creative ingenuity you know amazingness all those chips everything coming out of taiwan they're really doing amazing things um i feel like if you get rid of that then it's gonna hurt you know what's what's really left you're not gonna be left with anything but just more land you know, yeah. um, you may yeah, as well have about... one of these fake Chinese islands, you know, that they're making where they just bring a bunch of dirt out because they're trying right. to expand their territory waters and be like, right. yeah, look, we have this land right here, 25 miles out. That's China. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they just keep building these big dirt islands just to but you may as well just build another dirt island instead mm -hmm. of taking over Taiwan because you're just going to turn it into shit anyway. But yeah. Well, remember, Hong Kong was like a really uh, uh, economic economic powerhouse for, you know, 60, yes. you know, 50, 60 years. And then uh, it returned to China and uh, they immediately cracked down on everybody. Nobody was allowed to say shit. They ran tanks through there and rounded everybody up. And now it's just another shithole like the rest of China is. And, uh, you know, you can't you can't just say, well, there, you know, it's. It's like that basic, uh, that old quote about, about communism, you know, communism works until you run out of rich people to steal from, you know, that's, right. that's it. Um, now Taiwan has recently put out a, uh, a survival handbook. Um, I, like it. I looked into it a little bit. It's, it's really hard to find English copies, but you know, most of it's in, in Mandarin and I don't, unfortunately don't speak it. But basically, it, it has run down like uh, how to find shelter in case of bombings, um, what to do in case of fires, um, what to do in case of air raids. Uh, and it's got a bunch of uh, like QR codes for websites to go to when, uh, you know, if something goes wrong and you're dealing with a situation you don't understand. Now, obviously, China's main goal in uh, war with Taiwan is going to be immediately to cut off all inter Internet and telephone communications. So I don't know how, how much that's going to work. Um, a Chinese military expert was quoted on Chinese media as saying that both the drills and the handbooks are futile in resisting reunification. Yeah. They're taking a, a page from um, Marvin the Martian. If you, you know, resistance is futile. But, uh, right. you know, they're, they've definitely been looking over this handbook themselves. You know what I mean? They, they know what, what Taiwan's planning. Uh, just like Taiwan is paying attention to exactly everything China is doing. And, um, right. you know, there's been a lot of tension there for for years and years. And China has been building up uh, invasion forces and Taiwan has been building up military. 
it's not going to be a pleasant war when it happens. It's not going to no. be, you know, it's not going to be a quick, easy victory for either side. And it's not going to be, um, you know, a bloodless war. There's going to be a lot of a uh, lot of bad shit will happen when it starts up, whether the United States is involved or not. You know, if the United States is involved just to the extent that they're involved in Ukraine, uh, Taiwan doesn't really stand a, a chance long term. Um, they, you know, might be a might be a year, might be two years, but it's you know long term. It's not going to be a, you know, it's not going to be a, a favorable outcome for Taiwan. No, I agree a hundred percent. Now, I I don't see. I mean, China, unless the U.S. steps up and is willing to really have Taiwan's back, it, it China will roll over Taiwan. It's really about does America have the testicular fortitude to, you know, resist and, and have Taiwan's back? Because I hate to say it, it's not, I I mean, the old America, it was an obvious choice, but it's not an obvious choice. We have to think about our own resources, our own everything. What can we put at risk? But once you allow another country to go in and roll over somebody, then you know, if you let that go, then North Korea gets ideas, Iran gets ideas, Russia's like, hey, I can take some more. Um, it all kind of falls apart. But to be honest, are we not letting Russia kind of roll through the Ukraine? Um, we've right. kind of set the standard, and that's that's what I'm talking about. We've kind of said to the Chinese, hey, we talk tough, but we might not really have your back. To the Taiwan people, and that's a thing, you know. It's it's embarrassing. It's it's. I wish it wasn't that way, and you know, it all comes down to you know. I I don't know. It all comes down to politics, but you know who knows? You know, you America, we don't have the stomach for things. I don't know if people remember, but we were all like, yeah, kick the Arabs' ass and and go do this Iraq war, we're going to get Saddam, it's going to be horrible. And then as soon as people started dying, they were like, why the fuck are we there? Like, we don't even like oil. You know, it Mm -hmm. it just kind of all changed and fell apart. So I'm just saying, America does not have the resolve that it used to. And you don't want to start shit if you're not willing to finish it, you know? Yeah, you have to go all the way if you're going to go at all. And America does not have the stomach for a lot of shit, I got to say. All right. You got anything else on this, Chuck? That's what I got on that. So, you know, hey, now what I would say, if you want to stay up to date on the latest goings on, the new stuff, whatever's coming out, preppingbadass.com, we got to sign up for an email list. Now, you're going to get access to our Master Prepper course, uh, something we put together a while back, me and Kevin, a couple years ago. Um, It's just a lot of good information all compiled in one place that kind of, hey, here's a good quick start to, you know, get going and and get organized. You can kind of pick the topics that interest you and step up your game there, Uh, preppingbadass.com. Like I said, and you can get access to that. If you also want to email us your thoughts, concerns, show ideas, different stuff like that, preppingbadass at gmail.com. Also, I want to point out, we have a Facebook group that really, 
a lot of good conversations happen there. A lot of good ideas come out over there where, you know, different things you might not have seen or heard about. We try and keep you up to date, try and keep Zuckerberg out of it. But, you know, he does like to uh, censor stuff. You know, that's how it goes sometimes. You know, you play in their their playground, then you got to play by their rules. But uh, anyway, so, but that's the beauty of the email list, though, I got to say is, we can be outside the rules in the email mm -hmm. list. We can send you the real information, the nitty gritty, the stuff that's going on out there and keep you up to date. And it's good to establish these lines of communication before things get too restricted. Once right. you're on the email list, we can keep you in touch and informed of what's going on instead of after it's too late. So that's something you might want to think about. Otherwise, I would say maybe step up your storage step up your supplies, get things in order, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm -hmm.